go from the near side circle, and the Wolverines take a one and nothing lead off the rocket, off the stick of Jeff Campbellini. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Gray Matters. It's another uh, lovely gray evening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting all this freezing rain because of uh, that interesting stationary high that is uh, perched in the southeastern United States. This is your weather education for the evening. What's keeping places like Georgia and Alabama unusually dry and sunny and it's pushing tropical and subtropical air our way and rumor has it more freezing rain is in the forecast that uh, freezing rain is usually down in Tennessee North Carolina sort of the mid southern states or Appalachia where I grew up they get a lot of that freezing rain but uh, boy it's uh, been some very strange weather. I think I heard uh, the famous uh, sort of radical thinker Amory Levins claim that it's not so much global warming as global weirdness. And I, I heard last week about a system that was coming from the Pacific that, according to one, it was part of a typhoon, which are those hurricanes that afflict Asia that, you know, collided with some air mass and was headed towards the continental United States. And the guy said that the mass was bigger than the continental United States, the biggest thing he'd ever seen on a uh, satellite. Goodness. So we may be looking at some very strange winter weather this year for at least a while until these, uh, until that high moves out of the south. And uh, that might take a while. Anyway, a quick brain damage award to Michael Vick. I don't think we ever talked about this, but he was sentenced today, and he's looking at more. Jail time. Indeed. Why anybody with that much talent, that much money, and everything pretty much going for him would throw his life away on something as despicable as dogfighting? <laughs> Not just despicable, stupid. Yeah, just <laughs> crazy. So we'll give him a brain damage award, and then quickly also give a brain damage award to Judge Alito. Don't call me Scalito. Uh, he apparently is beginning to emerge as maybe even more conservative than Scalia in today's Supreme Court uh, ruling on the mandatory sentences. sentencing. He uh, sided only with Thomas, and the mandatory sentences were essentially tossed out, uh, giving judges leeway now on the so-called war on drugs. And uh, by the way, I rarely uh, mention this magazine, but my housemate gets uh, Rolling Stone. And I noticed they have a fairly interesting article. Of course, the cover is... Uh, Grizzened elderly faces <laughs> of uh, the surviving members of Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, baby. Oh, I love. <laughs> Great rock and roll band. Actually, Robert Plant's record with uh, Alison Krauss is uh, doing quite well. Yeah, he's kind of turned into a... <clears throat> world music mongrel uh, musician world music a little bit of everything but yeah there's an interesting article in this uh rolling stones uh 
December 13th edition about the war on drugs. Something you, you really don't hear a whole lot about the old, the good old war on drugs much anymore. No, and they have fascinating graphs showing uh, what a failure it's been. Basically, 400 to, 400 to 500 billion dollars spent since the slogan was uh, created by uh, Ronald Reagan. And the problems that it's caused for American society, I think one of the most interesting is the uh, graph showing the uh, increase in, uh, maybe it's not even a graph, maybe it's something I read, but it's the increase in... Uh, Imprisonment? Prison, yeah. yeah. It was about 81,000 in state federal uh, prisons uh, in 1981, and now it's close to 500,000. And of course, this is uh, c causing many state budgets, like here in uh, the state of Michigan, serious problems. You know, when when they talk about budget shortfalls, uh, when you're spending 20% of your state budget on prisons, um, <laughs> you may want to come up with some more creative uh, sentencing uh, issues. But uh, this goes into the failed strategies, the incredible increase in the number of arrests and of course the supreme court uh, case that was heard today ruled on uh, i guess they heard it uh, so many months ago but uh, ruled on the issue of the disparity between sentencing for uh, powdered cocaine versus uh, mm. rock crack forms. cocaine yeah. and how that's been employed as part of a, a a racial war here in the united states and it's certainly not been discussed in the presidential campaign but no, it really should, though, because in Iowa, for example, blacks are imprisoned at a rate 13.6 times higher than whites in a state where there's probably fewer African Americans than there are in other areas of the country. This article from Solomon Moore in uh, New York Times, uh, reprinted in the Ann Arbor News last week, about one in every 31 adults in the United States was in prison, jail, or unsupervised release at the end of last year. Wow. If you compare those rates to the rates of other countries worldwide, you'll find that America imprisons more of its people than any other country except for countries that make the evil scary lists. The North Korea's Iran, um, Syria. Yeah, I think they actually have more people in prison than all countries in the world other than China. And uh, the rates are, are just staggering. And of course... Unfortunately, it's these wars on drugs. You know, it goes into the the failed strategies of well, various even administrators. Even have a position called drug czar. Yeah, is absurd on its face. And people have, you know, it's it's stuck. It was kind of mm -hmm. I, Reagan just kind of said, "Well, my drug czar is going to be," and that's the sort of wheeler dealer gangster type of. I'm the drug czar, baby. I mean, that's not like a serious title, and yet it is. It now. is, and and the funny thing is, of course, is that it uh, sort of. Uh, you know, it it the war on poverty, the war on terrorism. It seems like any time America has a war on something, that's doomed to fail uh, for a variety of reasons. Of course, the war well, on the war on obesity then is uh... is next. <laughs> I just wish they would uh, have a war on stupidity, but uh, that appears to be nowhere in the pipeline. Dick Cheney can yeah. be the well. Unfortunately, the, the war on stupidities are yeah. right. All of the aforementioned wars, I think, are uh, proof that we are in the tunnel of uh, stupidity. Yeah, there um, is no light at the end of the tunnel. There's just war at the end of the tunnel. Right. And, it, you know, it's not just the numbers of people who are in prison uh, with these, you know, huge numbers of arrests for small-time uh, personal use quantities of uh, marijuana and so forth. Uh, 
low-level crimes. It's the overcrowding. Mm-hmm. It's serious and epidemic in some uh, quarters. Back to Solomon Moore's article, many prison systems are accommodating record numbers. Um, facilities that were never meant to provide bed space uh, have been you know, rendered able to do so. And we're talking about meeting rooms, educational um, rooms, and uh, so forth. They've been turned into cell space, gymnasiums in uh, California prisons. Uh, prisoners are sleeping in three-tier bunk beds in gymnasiums. And, uh, well, on the plus side, I guess, the private prison system is uh, a lucrative career opportunity. Yeah, there was a, actually a brilliant article many years ago by uh, Eric Schlosser in, the, in one of the Atlantic editions. Uh, um, he later wrote the, the famous... Uh, book on the fast fast food nation about the fast food uh problems with the fast food industry including you know the effect on (laughs) illegal immigration obesity nutrition etc but yeah he used that phrase the prison industrial complex pointing out that uh uh, during the 1980s as the war on drugs uh, escalated with with funding there was actually an explosion in uh, the prison industrial complex here in the United States that uh, basically was the leading employer, leading job growth area of the economy, right. which gives you a scary idea of our misplaced priorities. In all fairness, I should add uh, that the Democrats actually have touched on this issue in some of their debates, but uh, the Republicans, alas, uh, are too busy flogging immigrants. It seems like every debate... Um, Half the debate is spent on immigration, and this just strikes me as a, you know, an issue where there needs to be some reforms. But let's face it, they scuttled the legislation last year. Uh, it seems to have damaged John McCain within the uh, Republican Party. But uh, the, you know, building bigger and longer fences and tougher enforcement and all the uh, slogans that they're using don't really seem to get at the core issues of the immigration problem here in the United States. Or it's economic underpinnings in places like California where, you know, the migrant labor community really supports the economy of that state. Yeah, and, and you know, what are you going to do about these jobs? Uh, who, who's going to take them? Um, Tancredo, whose whole presidential run is based on this issue, seems to think that there are Americans that want to go pick uh, tomatoes and berries out in the fields, but uh, I don't know where these people live uh, here in the United States. That's one big part of it. The other thing is uh, America's disastrous uh, foreign policy uh, involvements in Central America have led to so many of these problems. Let's remember that of the percentage of, uh, you know, they, they roughly they roughly break down these uh, numbers is about 25% of the, quote, illegal immigrants are from the Central American countries. No, we're not talking here about Mexico. They're, they're about 55%, but it's about 25% are coming from El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, places where the United States has had disastrous foreign policy um, goals and operations for decades, and particularly in the 1980s when you see uh, Ronald Reagan uh, publicly declaring that a war criminal like Rios Mont is, quote, getting a bum rap when uh, you know military aid is basically restored to the war in Guatemala creating hundreds of thousands of dead people. Right. This is not even touched on in the uh, complex uh, subject of immigration. And, of course, in, uh, Mexico has um, an exploding 
oligarchy with an exploding population. That's part of the fact that Mexico has uh, illegal abortion. Uh, abortion is outlawed in Mexico, and of course the Catholic Church is uh, firmly against both abortion and birth control. Yep, the Pope, uh, Pope JP II, uh, stood and said it out loud uh, last time he was there. Yeah, he's, he's uh, basically reiterating all of John Paul's... Uh, even the new Pope, uh, Benedict, a rat singer. <laughs> Don't call me Rat Face. <laughs> Great name, dude. And uh, yeah, what a week! I mean, we have this national intelligence estimate that uh, quickly fades into the news, while the destruction of CIA torture tapes. This, this is absolutely incredible. I, I, the war on terror uh, keeps becoming more surreal every week. None of it surprises me. It's fascinating that uh, it seems that the uh, CIA was advised repeatedly not to destroy this evidence, and then they did. And then when you get the details about the man in charge, this uh, Jose Rodriguez... Um, this is just fascinating. Is School of the Americas alum, perchance, is he? Well, it's fascinating. His expertise is Central America, but uh, he was given a promotion shortly after 9-11 by George Bush, who decided to make him, uh, he was appointed, quote, chief of staff at the CIA's counterterrorist center, um, which had ballooned from a staff uh, to uh, 1,700 from a staff of 400. Uh, a specialist in Central American CIA tactics becomes our leader in the war on terror. Uh, this man spoke no Arabic, uh, knew nothing about the Middle East because he'd spent his whole career in Central America doing all sorts of dastardly things for the CIA. Um, this story is incredible, but uh, not surprising. Now, and I wonder if the, you know, existence of the tapes was even known about before this disclosure that some had been destroyed. Um, well, he probably was, learned a lesson from Nixon. He's, you know, Nixon's big mistake was not destroying the tapes. Right. <laughs> and, you know, if every one of these things is taped, I mean, well, I don't know why they're even taping them, really, because any intelligence of a reliable nature um, that can be gleaned from an interrogation is it's non-existent. It's been, uh, you know... Spoken to uh, again and again by those who've undergone torture, um, you'll say anything. And so are these for entertainment value? Maybe they're like for training films, like when a new DJ gets a show down here, we encourage them, tape your show so you can listen back to it later and, you know, iron out the uh, bugs and so forth as you increase your skills. So is this why these interrogations are being taped? Your waterboarding technique is a little little easy on the pullback. You, know, you want right. to jerk them back a little harder there. A little more water. Why are they being taped? I would assume that a recording of them would be enough for any utterance that would be uh, of value. But uh, uh, videotaping the things, uh, who knows? Maybe there's a lucrative market for uh, them as a sort of a snuff film, uh, given the nature of some of the Abu Ghraib photos that uh, so shocked and startled the world. And yet we're probably not that unusual in the you know greater context of the history of man's inhumanity to man. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, this is the sort of thing that happens. It happens, and I think that it, it calls into question the whole validity of the 9-11 Commission report, because apparently I heard Thomas uh, Kane today on uh, 
on NPR briefly um, mentioned that uh, the CIA was asked by the 9-11 Commission for all relevant documents, tapes, what mm-hmm. whatnot, about the interrogation of these two uh, key suspects. Um, and one of them, uh, in particular, uh, Zubadiah, uh, he uh, apparently gave unreliable information. Uh, he was even uh, allegedly renditioned to uh, one of our allies in the Middle East for uh, another session or two. Uh, you know, the CIA only specializes in waterboarding. And their Arabic's not so good. <laughs> not so good. And, uh, of course, you know, we're being told that the taping uh, occurred because uh, of the issue of dialect. We we want to keep the the stuff hot on the, you know, on ice so that we can go back and review the uh, dialect. Um, this is all very suspicious stuff, but not surprising. Again, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it gets back to... The entire um, chronology of what's happened since 9-11, and I surely think there should be investigations. I also wanted to throw in another thing that I found a little fascinating. Both Denny Hastert and Trent Lott have both prematurely resigned from Congress. Um, You know, with Hastert, it was spend more time with the family back in Illinois, get back into wrestling. You know, those were the public explanations. Yeah. For Trent Lott, it's it's supposedly about lobbying. But I kind of wonder about um, consultation. Uh, these were the leaders of the Republican Party uh, back after 9-11. And when the White House briefs Congress on some of their <clears throat> tactics and sources and methods and whatnot... Um, they're two of the four that are that are briefed, along with you know, in some cases, members of the intelligence agency, which include people like Jay Rockefeller, and at the time Jane Harmon on the Democratic side. Nancy Pelosi apparently was another official involved. But I find it very interesting that both of them resign from Congress prematurely. In other words, Hastert couldn't even stick around for one more term there's going to be a special election uh in both uh, cases trent lott just ran for re-election right so he's resigning he basically had five years left on his term but it makes me wonder uh about uh, who knew what and when did they know it um you have to believe you know, Mark Mazzetti, by the way, was was also on the same program, and he said that they'd been working on this story for several months. So this was not a case of quickly leaking some information to change the subject uh, regarding the bizarre NIE that came out last week. And NIEs, by the way, are, are have been bizarre in America for many, many years. I've been reading a book about China and the NIEs that were... <laughs> Right. created back in the late 40s and early 50s well, they, about they, communist China are just yeah. staggering. Ringing endorsements of, you know, high levels of uh, confidence in the 2002 NIE report, for example, which is exactly the hogwash that it now refutes. Right. Um, and, of course, what did Bush know and when did he know it? Or what did he know and when did he forget it? Or what didn't he know and when didn't he know it is probably the more apposite. Well, he claimed to never have heard of the NIE. 
Oh, that was Huckabee. <laughs> He's running for president. He's the the Christian leader that may well be our uh, Republican nominee in this uh, upcoming presidential election because Giuliani's got personal scandals that I don't believe he's going to survive. Well, you scarcely heard from uh, him all week, and as far as he was concerned, that was probably good. But uh. Yeah, and Romney, well, he's he's got that Mormon problem that I don't think he put to rest with his speech, but... Uh, I don't know. You know, it's it's amazing. Uh, then we have shootings at, at malls and churches, of all places, where, where a gunman is actually shot by an armed guard at a, at a religious center. Turns out to be the religious center where Ted Haggart was in charge. Maybe they were all whacked up on goofballs or something, perhaps, there, but... Uh... Strange stuff. I mean, I, you know, as I keep pointing out, the average American has nothing to fear from Al-Qaeda here in America. They've done what they needed to do to lure America into these uh, disastrous occupations of Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, we need to worry about armed nuts uh, here in America. That uh, Well, and the unraveling of, of the Constitution uh, at the same time. Yeah. But one kid decides he wants to uh, be famous uh, in his uh, suicide note. I think they should not give out too much information about these characters, like their names even. I think they should just call them John Die. Yeah. John Die um, killed eight people in a mall in Nebraska today, the worst uh, mass shooting in uh, the history of Nebraska. You know, that yeah. sort of thing. Well, yeah, the article... Uh contains information like this is the worst shooting in history the previous one was five in a mall in you know new mexico or someplace like that somewhere out there is just the sort of knucklehead uh who's you know running on half a cylinder uh who has a bad day gets dad's gun or whatever and what well, i can do better than nine better than nine and yeah we're and when do you use an AK-47 to go hunting, by the way? Uh, you, you don't, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so why this kid has access to one or why anybody should have... Well, he borrowed it from his, fa his, his father. He yeah. apparently stole it from his father, but why his father's got one. Well, my buddy in high school's dad was a World War II vet, and he had a Luger in the house, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, you weren't supposed to sneak those weapons back, but it was impossible, impossible to get ammo for it, so the Luger was, you know... Harmless souvenir. Uh, AK-47 with clips. Nobody needs that. No. But, uh, well, I didn't see the Republican debate um, on the Spanish uh, television network over the weekend, but in the last Republican debate, the one that had the fireworks, I did see most of that. And, yeah, they spent uh, a good half hour on immigration, and then they got about four or five softball questions about guns. I wonder if they were asked any questions about guns uh, in view of the fact that these uh, incidents occurred last week. Of course, uh, you know, all the Republicans were anxious to uh, reinforce their bona fides with the NRA, that they absolutely sure. support guns other than Giuliani. And Giuliani, of course, seems to be out of sync with uh, much of the established Republican Party's uh, agenda on abortion, gay rights, and guns. How he will make it, given these personal <laughs> sex scandals, financing scandals, and whatnot, I have no idea. 
No, I yeah. <laughs> he could be president of New York, maybe. Yeah. So it's strange. The Republican nomination seems to be a Mike Huckabee almost versus Romney, and McCain sort of as a wild card. But McCain's got his own problems with the uh, any one of those guys established Republican Party. I, I just don't get it. Likely to, uh, you know, accept a VP uh, bone tossed their way. I just keep wondering when Jeb Bush is going to get into the race, <laughs> how they're Why going not? to rescue, how the Republican Party can rescue itself by recruiting Jeb just Bush. Just what America needs, another Bush. The, the brother of the, <laughs> of the bonehead that's been our president, our dearly beloved president these many years. Uh, interestingly, uh, in a little piece on uh, Counterpunch, Alexander Coburn rather wittily uh, observes that in public, even the first lady seems to edge away from her stricken mate. Yes. And if you uh, watch that closely, it's true. It's well, the tabloids, the, sh the shopping, uh, the grocery uh, supermarket tabloids have had some splashy articles about uh, how George has returned to the bottle. And this is an absolute no-no as far as Laura is concerned. Right. Whether this is true or not, uh, we don't know, but... The piano it's has not been a well man. drinking, uh, not the president. <laughs> Indeed. Well, uh, somebody who might be doing some drinking are the uh, the good people involved in the high levels of the Word of Faith Theological Group. One of them, their televangelist associations, uh, for whom they preach the message that they call prosperity gospel, which teaches that God wants believers to be rich, starting from the top down, I guess. And of course... Uh, America's sweethearts, Gloria and Kenneth Copeland, lovingly photographed here laying their hands on Oral Roberts, <laughs> something I know uh, a number of people are dying to do, um, have recently come under investigation by a Senate panel, and uh, about time, I say. Yeah. Charles uh, Grassley, Republican of Iowa, well, it's nice to see a Republican on the ball here, um, has called six of these guys and looking at their tax records. Um, and he wittily observed, uh, it says here, a grassly irked some religious leaders when he quipped about the lifestyles of the preachers under investigation, saying Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, not a Rolls Royce. <laughs> and, uh, I have to observe here too, the crazy name. I mean, we've heard of the Copelands and, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Randy and Paula White are pretty big time. But have you ever heard of Creflo and Taffy Dollar? No. They run a little little business called the World Changers Church International. Creflo and Taffy Dollar. Are those porno names or what? Sounds like First it. This guy sounds like an extraterrestrial and Taffy Dollar sounds like a stripper. Changers. World Changers uh, Church International. Yeah, the World Money Changers. No doubt. We'll take your house. Well, yeah, getting back to the literal interpretation of the Bible, which uh, cropped up in a recent Republican debate. Wasn't it the uh, a rich man that's got as much chance to get into uh, heaven as, heaven a, as, as camel a camel through the, the eye of a yeah. needle? Matt, Book of Matthew or Luke. Yeah, uh, one of Jesus' key sermons. Indeed. Well, the jobs uh, report is out, and of course tomorrow there's rumors that there will be another cut in the Federal Reserve uh, 
prime rate, discount rate, whatever, uh, another half, quarter point, and Wall Street's giddily awaiting uh, more easy money. And, of course, we also have this recent uh, mortgage bailout package that uh, Paulson, Henry Paulson, Secretary of Treasury, and George Bush have finally um, gotten in on the act. As I remarked last week as the uh, plan was being announced, that I, I see it more as a let's save the Republican Party from getting completely blasted. Uh, this is interesting. It says the percentage of, this is from the re- recent Harper's Index, percentage of Americans uh, this year who say they are Democrat-leaning and Republican-leaning, respectively, 50 versus 36. Number of years since this poll began in 1990, in which the gap favoring either party was so large, zero. Um, the rescue pa- package, of course, is probably a little bit too little, too late, but uh, Paul Krugman has got some good analysis of the uh, true beneficiaries of the rescue package uh, in today's New York Times, that it's actually a, in, you know, we're bailing out the investors, not the homeowners here, and that's probably the real truth of the matter. Uh, he also pointed out that uh, the, the real effort of this uh, Paulson-Bush announcement was to prevent Barney Frank's legislation from going forward that would actually allow uh, under bankruptcy law. We passed a new bankruptcy law several years ago, uh, the Republicans did, uh, that uh, demanded uh, people pay up. And anyway, Barney Frank's law wanted to uh, allow renegotiations under the bankruptcy rules that would allow people to keep their homes under renegotiated deals rather than outright foreclosure. So we'll see what happens. Um, this, of course, um, once again uh, proves that America is not a capitalist country. It's only capitalist when you're making money. <laughs> when there are big losses to be had, we suddenly expect the government to <clears throat> bail us out. Corporate socialism is uh, another way to describe that. Looks like uh, we're nearing the top of the hour, but uh, still have a little bit of time here. And, of course, in this jobs report, uh, the interesting facts are, of course, that the employment numbers continue to sag. Um, Floyd Norris, uh, a couple of weeks ago, had a very interesting article about the disparity between the jobs reports that are given uh, to the public And in his analysis, he writes, the American economy appears to have created far fewer jobs this spring than has been reported so far. A new government report indicated yesterday, this dated the 1st of December. The new report concluded, by the way, that personal income from wages and salaries grew at an annual rate of... uh, 2.6% 2.6% in the second quarter, far below the 4.5% that had previously been estimated. Uh, yeah, those uh, do seem to be different numbers. Uh, the employment situation, Norris writes, this year has been confused by the sharp difference in the two surveys the government releases each month. Through October, the payroll survey estimated that 1.2 million jobs were added to the economy. The household survey, which is based on talking to a sample of workers, has shown a decline of 72,000 jobs this year. 
That is a fascinating disparity in numbers and, of course, would indicate that uh, the employment situation is much 